Hey everybody, welcome back to Sex, Drugs, and the Epigenome. It was just a fantastic show that we came back from the Peptide World Congress. And there's no, there's really not a break, Doc, if you think about it, because we're right back at it again with our mastermind coming up in Beverly Hills. And it is the Skin and Aesthetic Summit, right, Doc? Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, we celebrated another Dr. C's birthday this year, this past uh, weekend. We're so happy that you got a chance to spend it with the family. Uh, Dr. G, some cake? I did not. I ate my my wife had uh, maybe maybe we'll put it up on Instagram or something, but she put she got me six. Um, very special cupcakes, very, very special, uh, all the right things in the cupcakes you'd want um, that represented the, you know, that big six zero age. Was it the big six zero? It's the big six zero. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. I still remember when we were in Vail, just one of this past time in Vail, and we were filming one of your courses and you were saying, I'm nearly 60 and faster and stronger and smarter than I was in my 20s. And we um, we edited that with you going faster, stronger and smarter. <laughs> it's it's very, very inspiring. Um, and I got to see firsthand just uh, how much you walk the walk uh, doc. It, it's it's something that I, we, we all strive to do. Um, you know, we see so many patients every single day and I only see a fraction of the patients you see doc. And the, the things that you're trying to tell people they are life-changing, right? And <laughs> all the things that you ask them to do is little slight changes you do yourself. Um, I, for one, borderline alcoholic, <laughs> uh, now don't even drink unless it's like a really big social event. Dr. Seas takes it further. He doesn't even drink, period. That is, that is what I'm working towards. And, and that this big six O Dr. Seeds over here is, is definitely why. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of SDE where we help you take charge of your health so that we can turn 60 the way that Dr. Seeds does it. Uh, take charge at any age and at any stage. That is what we hope to do here on this podcast. We have a fantastic episode today. Uh, no special guest yet, but we do have a special guest next week. But this week, we're talking about one of the coolest things, well, one of the many coolest things that came out of Peptide World Congress. And I think we're gonna ring true um, in this episode. And I love this because it's it's not something that you need a prescription for. Um, and the thing that we would like to talk about in this episode is dedicated to trehalose. Dr. Seeds' favorite thing. He actually uses this in his coffee every single morning. In his practice, he bought three giant tubs of it so that we can start to use it in our coffees. Uh, love this, Doc. Can you, can you tell us? Science terms and then Karen terms. What is it? Well, it was... Uh... You know, I know everybody. I know everybody at World Congress was looking forward to hearing all about all the some, you know, kind of putting together some of the significant pathways we've discussed over the years, and 
and talking about some of the more relevant peptides and small molecules and in interesting new um, messenger RNA and um, genetic sequencing aspects of, of, of possible um, prevention in the future of, of disease. And, and I, you know, I, I really felt that people needed to just kind of take a step back and look at something that, I, that I'm sure most of them have been ignoring that's been around for over the last 20 years. And it's a very, it's, it's got a tremendous amount of, of literature and science behind it that's, even, that's continuing to build and continuing to have a significant influence um, in, in the research world. So when you see that and you see it in, in multiple sectors of medicine, you got to pay attention to it. And it's all about a simple sugar, a disaccharide, and it's called trehalose. And, and yes, it's a sugar. And people think, oh my gosh, sugar, that sugar is bad for you. And this is what Dr. C's all I've heard about is, is avoid sugar and avoid what it does to glucose and insulin. And I would tell you, well, sure, that's, I agree with that hundred percent, but it's all about understanding the structure of the sugar you're talking about and, and what, how is the sugar metabolized and, and what are its effects? And so that's the beauty of trehalose that I, that people haven't really focused on or, or understood. And um, the, the best part of it is it's a very, very cheap supplement that anybody can obtain and can start using tomorrow. And it has about half the taste, half the, the taste that sugar does. Um, it's a disaccharide, meaning it's two glucose molecules that are, um, that are attached together that basically have to be broken down in the body to be utilized. And what's, real, what's very interesting is that we can't make trehalose but we have enzymes, the humans in, in the human body, we have enzymes in the bowel that will break down trehalose and break it down into two glu glucose molecules that, so that it can be um, utilized um, for, um, for energy as glucose. Um, and also trehalose can be absorbed directly. And we have actually, we have, um, receptors for trehalose in the brain. Um, we're learning a lot more about the, the utilization of, um, of how trehalose can be um, something a significant player in, uh, in uh, uh, dementia and um, uh, diseases of the brain. Uh, but that, that's you know that's, that's another discussion. Uh, but what's interesting is all of these metabolic effects that are positive um, that trehalose has on the human body. And the fact that it is actually a competitor against glucose um, and, um, and, and actually it, it, what it does is it can compete against glucose um, for absorption. Uh, and it has the ability to basically, it can improve glucose tolerance, uh, in, 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 improve insulin sensitivity. 
I mean, this is this is a sugar that does this. So you can have um, they've they've looked at studies in healthy people and uh, diabetics and shown improvements in fasting glucose and in um, insulin sensitivity with with diabetics. I mean, that's significant. That's a that's a supplement that has a significant change and not just in in glucose and insulin, but also in body morph morphogenic changes more, uh, for instance, in changing fat, um, fat mass and lean body mass uh, where people actually can lose weight, can lose fat circumference, um, from just a sugar substitute. And, um, I mean, I'll, be, I'll just say one more thing before, because I, I know this is, I, I, you want to ask some questions. Um, Trejalos has, has some really, really exciting uh, pathways that it activates uh, as a sugar, as a carbohydrate. And it activates AMPK, which is all about autophagy and the importance of autophagy in cleaning cells and in preparing cells um, to be more efficient. Um, and and what, what's, what's, what's incredibly um, powerful there is that you have a source of energy that can be absorbed slowly in the GI tract because the breakdown of this occurs very slowly. So it's not absorbed fast. So you get a nice, you get a nice, um, um, uh, peak or, or sustained sustain value of glucose. And at the same time, you get less of an insulin response, which is, which is what we're always looking for. I mean, the importance, I guess I, I should even add to this is what we're always looking for in the, the, the bad player in, in any type of meal. After every meal, you get a post glycemic, um, right. You get a post, uh, 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 glucose, uh, glucosemia, you get a, you get an increase in glucose after you eat. And that's something we don't, you know, we, it's called a, a postprandial glucose elevation. And we, we don't like that. We'd like to do things to keep that glucose to a lower level, because that's when bad things happen. That's when you get, um, you, you get the process of excess glucose that, creates all of these issues that lead to diabetes and these other things that uh, we don't like called N-glycation products that can, can cause atherosclerosis and fatty liver disease and, and um, dementia, every, you know, all things, uh, insulin, uh, diabetes, as I said, and all other kinds of uh, problems uh, that have to do with inflammation. So you've got something that can actually control that and in fact, when it's added to a meal, it can compete against those other things that may be raising glucose. So you have a way of controlling glucose uh, with every meal you eat if you decided to add uh, trehalose to your, to your meal. And that's typically something that I usually advise my patients is, you know, if we're focused on nutrition and just some very simple things they can, they can you know, move about very quickly are, are a couple things they can control. Right. Um, and it's all about this postprandial glucose elevation 
that you're trying to stop. I mean, that's really the key to um, in, increase glucose or diet or problems with um, people that are overeating um, or eating too much. It's always this postprandial glucose. Well, there are a couple of things you can give some instructions to patients before you even get them into a diet or into a process of fasting or whatever, wherever you're headed. We've already gone through this before. It's, it's picking out the way they eat their food because if they eat their protein first, their, um, their vegetable second, and they save the carbohydrate for last, if they can separate their food out like that, they're going to really have an influence on, again, that postprandial glycemia, um, where they're going to keep that glucose at a lower level where it's not spiking. Cause it's all about glucose spiking and then insulin raising and then glucose dropping very quickly. That's what we don't want. Um, and just by eating your meal in that fashion and then adding to that, and that's been proven, right? There's medical, there, there's good double-blinded studies, uh, prospective studies that support that in the literature that people need to know that that as a has an absolute influence on glucose and insulin. So that it being said, why not add something like trehalose to those meals where you know trehalose is going to even compete against that glucose uh, that is that potentially is in the carbohydrate or in the meal you're eating, but it's going to level off that glucose. It's going to improve your insulin sensitivity, but at the same time, it's got all of these other things that it's doing. It's working. It's an AMPK activator, an AMPK activator. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's, that's what we do when we exercise. That's what we do when we fast. Those are, those are things that we're trying to influence AMPK with. And here we have a disaccharide that's doing that for us while we're eating and while we're being conscious of how we eat. And then let's just say, so let's say you put, so usually it's like one, I think it's like one tablespoon, one teaspoon, one tablespoon is about, uh, about five grams of trehalose. So they've shown, um, if we, we pick out individual studies, we've shown that 10 grams, just 10 grams a day, just 10 grams is effective influence in, in, in influencing glucose and insulin. Um, if it's just done once a day, well, I have them do anywhere from two to four, uh, teaspoons, uh, every, uh, with every meal. So I'm getting about 10 to 20 grams of trehalose with each meal. Um, and there've been studies that have looked at hundred, uh, grams of trehalose in a day, um, 160. I mean, it's all over the board, but it's showing some pretty compelling data that this simple sugar can have such an influence on glucose and insulin, which is, which is what we've been, what we're really focused on in everything we do. Um, so with that, you've taken someone who you've just been introduced to, we're, we're not really sure how good they're going to be with their diet, with changing it, but at least you've rearranged the way they eat and you've given them an option to add something to their food that will make a difference. So, so you're already starting off on the right, you know, the right steps here in, in getting some mechanisms going 
that will have a positive influence on their life. And then if you can add that third factor, which I know you know what this is, Karen, it's called exercise walking after you eat, um, which you know we've been a huge proponent of and we're happy to see a lot of our, our fellows are pushing that forward, you know, in their podcasts and their, um, and their, with their patients, it's because it makes a difference. And it's another way to level off glucose and insulin postprandial after you're eating, because that is where, that's where all the data is that shows increases in postprandial um, hyperglycemia is what leads to problems with heart disease and atherosclerosis and hypertension and stroke and all the bad things we don't want to see. So in with just three simple tips, three simple tips, I would be, I would be remiss if I didn't say this, that if you just did that, I think we could do a tremendous job in improving, um, uh, glucose tolerance and insulin sensitivity in the, in this, in the United States. And in fact, around the world, we could make a serious, a serious attempt at changing type two diabetes if we just did that. And, and that's the truth. I mean, we have, there's a tremendous amount of good data to show you things that have been around for a long time. And, and what's better than than understanding how to, you know, to, to manipulate your metabolism with just choosing the right food at the right time, adding uh, a, a sugar that is beneficial to autophagy and increasing AMPK and changing glucose and insulin, and then adding in exercise, which we know is another additive benefit to lowering glucose. Um, improving insulin sensitivity, but also activating AMPK. Um, it's amazing. I mean, if you start putting these things together, you can start to see how just little changes can have incremental and big effects if you put them all together. And so that's just a, it's an easy way to engage a patient in, um, if you do get into the nutrition aspects of talking to them and how, how you can I feel you can make tremendous changes that they can see over time if they follow, you know, if, if labs are significant to them and following um, some of these changes, which they can be, and, and you can show them. Uh, but more, more so, it's the bigger things you're doing. It's protecting, you're protecting the heart, you're protecting the vessel, you're protecting the liver, you're protecting the kidney, you're improving muscle function. I mean, it, it's incredible to think of doing all those things. And what are we talking about? A, sugar. a disaccharide sugar. It almost sounds fake because it, it does seem very counterintuitive. A uh, sugar that's actually healthy for you and isn't made of the things, bad things that are going to harm you. Like the, um, the whole issue with that one little pink sweet and low, the packets of sweet and low that ended up causing cancer. <laughs> that was a long time ago, but but still, it's it's there's all these other sugar substitutes, um, allulose, lecanthum, monk fruit, stevia, all the stuff I I used to bake with and I no longer do. And uh, it's all, all those things that are just straight up substitutes. 
Well, I just say, well, why would you when you have something right. that is when you have something that has so much data behind it? And those aren't things that actually have they don't affect AMPK. They don't have influence on glucose or insulin. They're meant to have no effects. They're meant to be low carbohydrate, but be sweet, you know, in taste. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't see any benefit. I mean, what's the benefit? What are you, why aren't you looking for? I'm all about improving pathways. I'm all about changing metabolic efficiency. Um, that makes no sense to me. You're, you're, when you have something with, with this kind of data behind it and, and the momentum um, and the, um, the literature support. I mean, you got to put all those things together and just think about, well, well, what am I doing that's, again, it's what am I doing that is best for my patient and how, how can I improve dyslipidemia or atherosclerosis? How can I improve insulin sensitivity? How can I improve thermogenesis of fat tissue? How can I improve um, the fasting signaling to the liver to improve like uh, things we haven't even talked about, like FGF 21 and how that improves steatitosis of the liver. I mean, these are real things that this is doing. And it's, and what's, I'll tell you what's even more incredible about this. What I really like about this sugar is that it induces. So, so typically when you, when you utilize glucose, glucose has the ability depending on how much you're taking to turn off the ability of the cell to also utilize fat for fat oxidation. Um, and in particular, that is, that has, that has significant relevance in exercise and activity. And when we look if we remove, if we move out of the metabolic aspects um, uh, that have been studied in insulin and glucose uh, of insulin and glucose with trehalose and the and the other effects on the liver and heart and um, and uh, um, the vascular supply and so forth and and um, fatty tissue, if we look specifically just in the exercise realm, we see some significant benefits of where trehalose can be utilized as a glucose source, but at the same time activates the utilization of a lipid source of fat oxidation, which is the holy grail for training. And, and, and that, that when I see that kind of stuff, uh, that kind of information and literature that's been supported since 2016 to present, um, and the papers keep coming, it's just incredible to see something that can improve power output, but also improve your exercise at the end of a, at the time frame of, of you know, you're, you're, it can improve things on the short run with glucose, but it can improve things on the long run with the lipid oxidation that it encourages. Nothing else does that. And that's truly incredible. Um, and then when you get into more advanced things, in more advanced aspects of training. Um, so, so trehalose is a very, is very significant, I think is a significant training tool when you can combine it with things like um, uh, bicarb and you can, you can combine with ketone esters. I mean, you can, there are a lot of things that you can do to manipulate training um, for the positive 
um, sorry about that, um, with patients and, and um, athletes. So this gets into great detail um, into some significant training aspects, but boy, there's been some great literature from that part of it also. So I, you can see why I've been very, um, I just felt I, you know, I brought this up in one of our masterminds back in the microbiome, I believe, just kind of brought it up and I wanted people to be aware of it. And I really, I never really planned on really jumping full go into it because it it's, uh, but, but then once I got, once I brought it up and I heard the response from our fellows that just kind of wanted to know more about, it, I was like, all right, well, this is, these are my thoughts. This is, this is where the literature is and we'll bring up, you know, there's more of this to come. Uh, and, uh, you know, I wanted to bring more of it, more discussion about it. Uh, I actually wanted, I, I felt this would be something that, um, uh, would fit in really perfect at the world Congress because it was just such a, this, this is something everybody gets should know about and uh, should be really taking a serious look at because it's something they can do. And agreed. Um, and it's uh, the, the benefits are, 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 I think are untapped here. And I think there's so many ways we can go with this. And my, my, my feeling uh, is that there's a lot more of this we don't know. And I think I brought this up in a couple of the masterminds and, and maybe in World Congress is how this has further interaction in the microbiome that we're not aware of and, and how that improves some of the neurotransmitters that are made in the microbiome that are uh, transmitted to the brain uh, through the vagus nerve and so forth. Um, so... I think there's just so much that could be said about this and we, maybe we need to do, um, well, I, I know this is going to be coming out in, in some more information. Um, uh, you know, one of our next, uh, one of my next books, this is going to be, this is actually coming out pretty soon. Um, but I think, uh, we'll, we'll spend more time on this to, to bring more relevance to just even the practitioners, because I think they need to know more about this in the realm of AMPK activation and, and this dual activation of glucose and lipid oxidation, which is so important, I think, in understanding. Um, uh, because the, the lipid oxidation, remember, is, is the key to efficiency of the mitochondria in conjunction with glucose, with glycolysis. And um, so a lot can be said about that. So doc, I think what sets you apart from other health podcasters is how you're, you're more concerned with the product's effect on the cell, the pathways. And I, I recall you saying this, I think it was in the nutrition course when we were, when you were filming that one, where you were describing the moment something goes into your mouth chemical reactions are, are just all over the place, right? You just, you're sending off all sorts of chemical reactions. And when you were mentioning that the reason you like trehalose is not because it's a, it's a great sugar substitute, it's because of the cellular pathways. I'm, I, I, a question came to mind and okay, I, I get that. Okay, it, it takes longer to break down the glucose molecules so it's stable, 
But on the flip side, just so we understand the opposite side, what happens when you're spiking that glucose and insulin so that well, we can compare to- Well, well to so those, I mean, that, those are the bad things that happen. That's how you develop it. Uh, you develop a tolerance to glucose and you start insulin resistance. And so your cells can't utilize glucose like, like they want to. It, it, you stop transporting glucose into the cell. You, you turn off mechanisms that are important to cell efficiency. And that's what leads to, um, in, it leads to all of these problems that happen with Re, with insulin resistance um, that, you know, it, it, it just take it to the, let's just go to that big step of where everybody talks about um, inflammation. It's a low grade inflammation that begins everywhere. And that is truly the beginning of disruption of the immune system. The immune system now is part of this picture, just not metabolism, but the immune system. And then that is closely integrated with the microbiome in the gut. And you can, they all kind of are dealing with some of the same aspects of this low-grade inflammation that eventually takes its toll on, on cell efficiency and um, flexibility of utilizing the, the right energy to, to stay efficient. And so when you lose those things, you start to develop pathologies and, and like diabetes and, you know, you lose pancreatic beta cells, you, you decrease um, immune regulation of, um, of autophagy, of, of how you can clear out viruses. I mean, it's why people are more susceptible to, to um, viral infections like, like the present COVID. Um, that's why type two diabetics are more, are more inclined to, because they don't have the proper autophagy. They, you know, autophagy is what actually cleans out viruses out of the cell. So if autophagy is affected, then absolutely viral infection is going to take over, is going to have more of a presence. So type two diabetics automatically have decreased autophagy. Any autoimmune disease has decreased autophagy. Um, any metabolic disease has decreased autophagy, which is means as that started, the immune system's already involved. So yeah, it goes on and on and on and how it's all related. And, and if you understand those pathways and understand those influences, well, why not work upstream and, and give yourself, I mean, what if I told you, what if I made this statement? And in fact, a paper was written on this, a, a very good paper was written on the potential of using trehalose to help people prepare or not, not to be, not to, well, potentially to prophylax against viral infection. And is that, is that a possibility? The answer is absolutely it is because you're giving the cell the ability to clean itself up better. If it enhances AMPK, if it enhances autophagy and it improves something called the, um, it's called the, uh, uh, tran it's a transcription factor for uh, lysosomes. So you're improving lysosomal biogenesis, meaning you're improving more lysosomes to do more cleaning up of, 
bad things. So this actually activates transcription factors that increase these lysosomes for autophagy. Um, hello, isn't that what you want? So, so you're giving the cell this energy to be ready if it, if it does get infected. And in fact, and in fact, here's something else that's really important. And this is, this is science. You can't, you cannot, um, you can't argue against is you're improving autophagy at the same time you're giving the cell an energy source of glucose but the glucose you're enabling the cell to still utilize lipid oxidation which is vital and important in infection because what happens with viruses like covid and others is when that viral infection comes in it wants gluc it's it's it it, it it utilizes glucose and glucose um, can increase glucose can inhibit fat oxidation. So it's a little complicated, but people's typical diets are like that, where you're reducing the ability to oxidize fat. So you're setting yourself up with just the type of diet that isn't proper because you're, because these viruses want glucose. That's they don't want oxidation of fat because oxidation of fat is all about improved efficiencies of autophagy and so forth. So it works against each other. Anyways, this person, this group wrote this paper that I thought was fascinating because it's so cheap. They talked about how it could be so effective around the world if people just knew about it. Um, and um, it, I thought it was food for thought. And, and you know, where, it, where, where people don't have a lot of hope or right now with because so many things are censored and you can't you can't use certain things because they're not FDA approved or or whatever well this is a food group that's approved and you you, you can't stop people from using it and it's healthy and it turns on AMPK and it improves autophagy and it improves lysosomal biogenesis which are all the things you want to fight any infection. So what's the harm in taking that step to be proactive? And I see none at all. And I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a wonderful proactive st step you can take. And we haven't even talked about diabetes. We haven't even talked about what it does for muscle. We haven't even talked about what it does for atherosclerosis or dyslipidemia. We haven't talked about how it improves thermogenesis um, or improving UPC activation and, you know, taking and, and causing that, that browning of fat. Um, we haven't talked about the liver fibrosis and helping reduce steatitosis and so forth. So there's so many things here that are just brilliant with this sugar that I think people need to take a little bit of notice to. Absolutely. I, I forgot to, to mention, Doc, those are some really snazzy glasses Yeah, you have today, but <laughs> they're good. I like them. <laughs> but What's scary to me while you were describing that that dark side, if you're if you're consuming foods with that spike your insulin is, it's not even like drugs or alcohol that's doing that to you. It's freaking food. Well, that's the problem. Is <laughs> that's a little scary. Get, yeah, people just get too much glucose in their food, and what they don't realize is too much glucose turns off efficiencies of the cell, wow. and it it turns off that fat oxidation. Yeah. And it sets up the environment 
for um, viral infections to really take over if they wish, because you need oxidative, you need fat oxidation, you know, to control inflammatory aspects of the cell. Well, a lot of things you need, you know, for, for efficiencies that, that are beyond this discussion, but. Makes so much sense. Um, Fox, I have a loaded question for you. You ready? Sure. <laughs> so let's say someone wants, someone's listening or watching this episode and going, holy smokes, I need to rethink what, a, what kind of sugars I'm putting in my body. And they make this kind of a change. How soon does the body come back from being completely insensitive to glucose and constantly having those spikes happening? So they could see changes they they well so if we base it on the literature they can absolutely see changes in in 3 months you know 3 in, months in 12 weeks which is in, which is incredible but but they've you can see changes i mean you they've documented changes with this just with one time uses in in like pre wow. pre exercise i mean to make, but I'm talking about making definitive changes in cell efficiency that are that are you're going to keep. Um, but insulin improvement with insulin glucose, you're going to see it right away. You're going to see those changes immediately uh, with glucose uh, dampening glucose it, the the first time you do it. So even if you if you're one of those people that monitor your glucose, I mean, watch what happens when you take trehalose with your food and and watch you know compare the 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 curves that you typically would see. Um, and compare it when you do, when you utilize trehalose. I mean, that's always a, that's always a, uh, seems to be a very good place with, especially with people who, who like to monitor their glucose and are very sensitive to following it with everything they eat and everything they do, which I think is a lot of work. Um, but it, it works out nicely in showing those people how effective trehalose is and and when they just initially see changes that dampen their glucose with a meal um, and improve, um, you know, insulin sensitivity over time. I mean, you said it, Doc, the proof is in the pudding. If you go to NIH and just search for trehalose, there are pages and spanning across all fields of medicine, including a study with trehalose in an eyedropper. <laughs> well, you know, we're Crazy. Gonna, yeah, we're going to hear more about it. Like I said, there's always, there's always little cool things that I bring up about it here and there. That um, is freaking cool. All right, Zach. So safe for everyone, kids, pregnant women, yes. maybe even dogs. Yes. Yes. Even, even for Toby. Yeah. Even mammals like Toby have trehalase, trehalase which is the enzyme that breaks down trehalose. <laughs> So there's even, I mean, you know, there are going to be some people out there that say, uh, well, um, if they start to read about this and, and again, it's all about knowing you got to really, I think, take a good look at all the information, but, um, there used to be this possibility that they were making a claim that there were some claims made years ago that trehalose potentially could alter Clostridium difficile, which is a bad pathogen in the bowel that when it becomes opportunistic can be bad. And um, that's been disproven that, that actually those were, that trehalose does not 
um, does not add to the um, pathogenesis or to the growth of uh, Clostridium difficile. In fact, it, it, there's these microbiome aspects that we're just starting to learn that are, um, that are significant, as I said before, and in, in improving the microbiome and um, improving uh, uh, neurotransmitters and other things that are, are made in the, in the bowel and improving, improving the gut associated lymphoid tissue. That's just adjacent right along the bowel. That's so important in the immune system in the bowel that that's even more significant, I think. So, so many exciting things that, so cool. yeah. Oh, so cool. and, and, and in fact, there are some studies that have just made it available where uh, that it is, it's being looked at in uh, clinical trials now is an IV and utilized for some neurogenerative problems like ALS and um, so forth. But the issue there is, and the jury is out because nobody knows. So everybody has to be very careful when they make these claims. So if you use an IV, you're going to you're you're going to miss the microbiome opportunities that the oral dosing has so that is that's the big question that's out there and no one ever talks about that and everybody says well why not just use the iv dosing because it, it's because we don't know you know sure you'll get some of the effects and some of the ambk ambk effects but are are a significant amount of the effects through the microbiome with this trehalose. So I, I'm very, I'm very hesitant to jump in that place of, um, you know, recommending or saying, oh, well, IV is the way to go. And I, I think that's a, be careful if people are saying that you got to be very, very, you got to know what you're, you got to really, I think, respect this information and understand that nobody knows that answer yet. And in fact, I think we're going to be leaning more towards, yeah, there are, there's probably a combination of them that you could utilize uh, in the future. But I think the oral dosing with the microbiome is what we're learning more about in the future too. So a lot of interesting things um, to, to discuss with this. And um, it's a fascinating, fascinating uh, supplement that is so simple. Um, and uh, it has uh, it has great benefits. Has had great benefits for my patients, and will continue. And um, has been good to me. So uh, that's all I can say. I'm always curious, and I I'm fast to Google anything that I see Doctor Seeds taking himself, and most importantly, giving to his his family. So that's those are the things that I want to know. And Trehalus is definitely one of them. Um, and then you say, hey, why don't you talk about this? And I'm like, well, because we talk about other things. Yeah, but people should know about this. And so sometimes it's I listen. so important. Sometimes I listen to you. <laughs> um, Trehalus is, you, you can get it so easily on Amazon. There are so many brands that, do, that make it, all, all kinds of price points. Um, if you want to bake with it, the, the one, the one on Amazon that I like is, is, is it comes in like tiny little granules. Um, I forced Dr. Seeds to try some of my Trehalose cupcakes. Um, he's had it and he didn't, he, he ate it all in one bite and it included a, a frosting that I made of Trehalose, um, which was 
perfect for me because I don't like sweet things, but, um, it, <laughs> you know. and then I also, I've made teriyaki sauce with trejalos. I made a chicken teriyaki bowl with trejalos and it was fantastic. Um, anyway, really Good. easy episodes or, um, and recipes. You just double, sometimes triple the amount of, of sugar that it says to put in. And that's the beauty of it. You know, um, it, it is so, so, you know, the, I, I, we could talk more about it, but, and, and, you know, people can have their arguments and so forth, but the overall aspect, the overall aspect of what it does in signaling changes in the body are tremendous. And you can't, let's not ignore that. Let's, let's use that to our advantage and, and start helping more people here. This has been a fascinating episode, Doc. So many things clicked for me today. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while for things to click for me. But that's, that's work in progress. So many things click for me today. Um, one last thing before we sign off is, uh, we, you know, Dr. Seeds and I, we, we uh, uh, hang out. We get to hang out in Beverly Hills together one week out of the month. Uh, he has a practice out there now. And he comes in one day with these boxes of moisturizer. And I'm, I'm super snobby when it comes to my um, skincare because, you know, we Koreans like to think that Korean beauty is, is, is like on, on the forefront of anything that we apply to the skin. And then he it, comes in with these, with these which moisturizers. It which it is, by the way, you, the Koreans are very, very good. We care. We care a lot about the skin. Yes. No, they, you have excellent, <laughs> some excellent skincare products that are that we can talk about. But I'm just going to tell you. Oh, I'll let you tell. <laughs> so he comes in. I look at it, and it's a brand that I've seen before. It's it's very it, it's it's on the higher end of moisturizers. You know, it's in the hundred dollar price point. But he, the only reason he brought it in was because he liked the ingredient in there. He's like, look, Karen, look what's in there. And it's, I'm, I'm just reading and reading, 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 reading. At the very last, last thing at the, um, on the, on the label, this isn't the active ingredients on the label, trailers, the last thing. I'm like, oh, isn't that, that sugar thing that you keep talking about? <laughs> it's like, yes. So I had, I have a whole wall of my moisturizers and I switch them out because I don't like my skin to get used to one. And so I'll switch it out every three days. And I had a particularly dry, dry skin day because we had just come back from Peptide World Congress in Vegas. And I was like, oh my God, my skin is peeling. It's dry. And I'm like, let's give this guy a shot. Fantastic. This is now my favorite moisturizer. And it's the one with the trehalose ingredient in there. And it's a, it's a topical. It's not even a, and you're not digesting it. The microbiome's not getting any of it it's on my face and it's doing wonders for moisturizing the skin you're stealing some of my thunder at at my aesthetics course you know and that's my shameless plug folks <laughs> we've got a skin and aesthetics coming up in two weeks uh, October 15th through the 16th, we are all sold out of live seats, but you can join us virtually, whether you're a practitioner or just someone like me who's interested in the face and of course other parts of the skin. Dr. Seeds will be going over skin disease. He's invited some fantastic speakers, very smart people coming in to talk about various aspects of aesthetics and skin. Uh, it, it's going to be two full days of just fantastic 
um, uh, skin, face, all things. He's going to be talking about one of his patent pending procedures that he does out here uh, called stimulation. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoiler, spoiler that one, uh, spoil that one, I should say. Um, he's also going to be talking about, of course, Trehalose and cosmetics and all these wonderful things. And I know that he's got some other secrets up his sleeves that he hasn't told me because I've got a big mouth. Uh, folks, that is happening October 16th through the 17th. Go check us out, ssrpinstitute.org, or shoot us an email, info at ssrpinstitute.org. Dr. Seeds, I know I said this would only be for 30 minutes, but I've kept you for much longer. <laughs> Thank you so much for this fantastic episode, for all the clicks that happened today, and of course, for helping us with a fantastic sugar substitute. It, this should be the only sugar out there, right, Doc? It's my only sugar. <laughs> that says a lot. All right, folks, uh, last thing before we leave. As you know, at the SSRPinstitute.org and these, this, this podcast, Sex, Drugs, and Epidemiome, is purely for informational purposes only. Please always consult with your physician uh, before moving forward with anything that you hear about today. And we hope to see you in Beverly Hills. Thanks so much. Bye, Doc. Hey, thank you, Karen. Thanks, everyone, for uh, taking the time just to listen in on some basics, I think, that can, can change your life. So... See you soon.